this is very, very important. And I'll mention a couple of things as we go along. Psalm 103, 2 through 5. It's very important because of the day that we're living in. Some things that are getting ready to happen. And I'll mention it in a few moments. And um, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then here are the benefits of salvation. Who forgives all your iniquities. That's one benefit. Who, see, people think salvation is forgiveness of sin. No, salvation is you becoming a new person. And as a result of that, there are benefits to being that new person. The benefit is we will forgive you of all of your sins. Second benefit is we will heal you of how many diseases? All. all. Not the ones that you say incurable. Whenever you say something is incurable, the angel's are like, did you hear this fool? Nothing is incurable. Maybe somebody who went to school told you it was incurable because they practice medicine. And if you're still practicing, you're not perfect. And if you reject the truth, you'll never get to perfection. Okay. That's why everything, most medication always has a side effect. There's only one thing that doesn't have a side effect. God's way. And it's cheap. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I said it was cheap. He said it's free. That's right. Okay. So I forgive all your iniquities. I heal all your diseases. I will redeem your life from destruction. In other words, you tore your life up with all type of stuff, but we're going to reverse that. These are benefits. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Not just kindness, but loving kindness. Not just mercies, but tender mercy. When you exercise mercy so on, make sure you don't do it mean. Make sure you do it nice. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. That's prosperity. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Prosperity makes you younger. Poverty makes you old. So these are the benefits, and the benefits are for all who join the kingdom. John 1.12, as many as received Jesus, to them gave he power or the right to become the sons of God. Okay, so it's an equal opportunity for everyone. God is not a respecter of persons. Okay, there's no such thing as I join a particular company, and, and, and you and I join, and we both have the exact same job title at the same company, but they give me seven weeks of vacation, and they give you one day. Okay, they give me three days of sick days and they don't give you any. No, the benefits are the same for every person that joins that company. And I have to say that because the devil has convinced a lot of people that, yeah, God has a benefit package and it's for the entire body of Christ except you. And that's why you're not healed yet, because it's not for you. That's what he convinces people of. Okay, and, and so uh, these are exact things to correct your thinking. Next one is there's a scripture that points to the fact that Jesus was going to heal us, then there's another scripture that points to the fact that he already did. Now, Isaiah 53, verse 5, was written before Jesus provided healing. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Because it was talking about the future when Jesus would provide it. After it was provided, another man in the New Testament put it this way in 1 Peter 2.24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes ye were healed. So one guy was looking to the future and the other guy was looking to the past. And so because the other guy was looking to the past, he said, 
once you get healed, you're simply catching up what was already done. You don't wait. So here's this graphic that I mentioned. I think I mentioned, man, maybe I didn't, but it's worth repeating. If you are waiting on God, you are wasting your time because God is waiting on you. He provided healing for you 2,000 years ago. So he's waiting on you to do a particular thing in order for it to manifest. You are not waiting on God. That is unbelief or ignorance or both. And we have all said it. I know I did. I'm just, I can't tell you how many t hospital visits. I'm just waiting on the Lord. And, and I was like, you're going to be waiting on your funeral. And, and I'm like, you don't wait. I said, there's nothing to wait on. You're going to be waiting for the rest of your life. And, and it never happens because it's not something you wait on. I got to correct these type of thinkings. Or this type of thinking. <laughs> Hebrews 11, 5 through 6. By faith, Enoch, Enoch, two individuals, the Bible brought out that they were the seventh. King David, that's significant. Sometimes if you have a seventh child, there's some, some significance with the seventh. It says David, who was the seventh. And it said Enoch, who was the seventh from Adam. That's a whole lot of mystery and end of the world stuff right there. <laughs> it says Enoch was the seventh from Adam. And it says that he was snatched off the planet before the flood came. Okay. And so uh, it says Enoch was translated or taken off the planet that he should not see death and was not found because God took him. For before this happened, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So, 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 Without faith, it is impossible to please God, literally impossible. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'm going to read that again slow. Without faith, because it said that before this, I want you to put it in this way. How many of you know that if cancer just disappears out your body, that's a supernatural event? If your, if your high blood pressure was at a dangerous level, and you didn't make any changes, and you go back and it's normal, how many of you know that's typically a supernatural event? If diabetes just disappears, it's age, just disappears, you know what I'm saying, a tumor. You got five tumors in your body, you go back and it just disappears. That's typically, even though they won't admit it, they'll try to put it in the category of a miracle. But it's a supernatural event. Well, how many of you know that if you just disappear, and I see one of y'all sitting on the front row, and you just disappear all of a sudden because the Lord took you to heaven, how many of you know that's a supernatural event? So when it comes to supernatural events, what God is supposed to say about that supernatural event right before it happens is what he said about Enoch. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So anything that you're waiting on that's going to happen supernatural, the thing that will happen right before that is that you had pleased God when it comes to your faith. That's why it says without faith. Immediately told you his faith pleased God, and as soon as it did, God snatched him off the planet. Because apparently, Enoch leaving the planet was his idea, not God's. Otherwise, it wouldn't bring up faith. It would bring up the word sovereign, which means God just does a thing because he wants to do it. But Enoch didn't get snatched off the planet because God was just like, you know what? I think I'm going to take you away from your family today because I need another flower in heaven. God don't need no flowers. He created them. You understand what I'm saying? He cracked me up at these funerals talking about, no, he didn't need no flower. That's what unbelief says. Okay. So his faith pleased God. And that's why in verse six, it immediately says, without faith, it's impossible 
to bring about a miracle. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, not lazily or not haphazardly seek him, diligently seek him. Then we'll go over this one. Keeping things, well, you know, it's never really simple, but I'm going to keep it a little simple today. It's just a little school today. Never mind. It's the, yeah, here y'all go. I don't know why I say that, by the way. I have no idea. Mark 4.13. Now, now this is a key because Jesus in this parable said, let's just read the parable. Jesus said unto them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand everything else? So the key to every, understanding everything else is this one parable. And if you don't get this one parable, you won't understand certain things about prosperity. You won't understand certain things about prophecy. You won't understand things about gifts of the spirit, healing. The list goes on and on. Deliverance. You won't understand none of that stuff. He said, if you understand this, you understand it all. The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed fell on the footpath. Represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The main way that Satan takes away the word that's planted in you is that you don't understand it. You might say amen, but you don't understand. You might lift your hand, but you don't understand. You might shake and say hallelujah because it sounds good what the reverend was saying, okay, but, but you don't understand. And because you don't understand, he's able to just take it away. Why? You don't understand how to keep it. Sounds good, but you don't understand. Everything about Christianity is understanding. The Bible says in all you're getting, get wisdom, get understanding. Okay, next seed is the one on the rocky soil. It represents those who hear the message and they shout at service. They run around, hallelujah! But since they are not deeply rooted in the word, they don't last long. Hallelujahs don't keep you in the faith. Being in the word, becoming deep, and we got a shallow problem right now in the body of Christ. Everything that's not in the Bible, the institute, <laughs> In all of the, never mind. Since they don't have deep roots, they don't la deep roots. They don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Which means the moment you go down this path, you're going to be persecuted. Usually not by people. Your mind is going to start going crazy. You're going to start feeling. Anytime you move towards any type of increase, multiplication, getting yokes and burdens off of your life. And, and, and also, if you get a prophecy, here comes Satan to persecute you because they don't want what you're doing. They don't want what you heard to come to pass, so they begin to persecute you in your mind. Okay, one of the most dangerous times is when someone gives you a word because we have so much prophecy. You have to be careful when someone gives you a word because after that, Satan will come in. And that's why one of the best statements I heard about prophecy, heard about prophecy and there are some that you do wait for. My pastor, he said, you don't wait for prophecies to come to pass. You warfare for them to come to pass. Certainly, he God pronounced something over you. <laughs> you the next evangelist to the nation, and you think Satan just gonna sit down and eat potato chips and let this just happen? Why you defund hell? Anyway, verse: They don't have deep roots; they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted. Why? Because they believe God's word. Every time you believe God's word, it comes with persecution. Verse 18, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. And this is a lot of Christians. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life. The lure, lure of wealth or prosperity 
and the desire for other things like social media and television. And so as a result of it, no fruit is produced. Why? Because the word was planted, but you spent too much time with other things, and so it doesn't have a chance to grow. I mean, no, we all deal with that. It can be television. It can be working out. It can be social media. It can be video games. It can be who knows, you know what I'm saying. You know, you, it's ama it always amazing to me. You can sit up there and watch program after program after program after program after program. Now, you shouldn't be doing that. You can watch program after program after program, program. When that program goes off, then you have the ability to flip, 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 flip. Oh, and then if, you do, if you're like me, you look at one for a moment. You know what? I like this. I'm going to record this to watch it later and watch something else. And you do that. I know right now y'all trying to be Catholic and Presbyterian and everything. Like y'all read the Bible all day long. You don't watch nothing on television, you know. And, and you do that and then you feel convicted. You know what? It's, it's 11.30 p.m. I need to read the Bible. In the beginning. <laughs> They're not lifting their hands. Y'all playing too much up in here. Pastor Creflo Dollar, he said it got so bad with him one time, he said he had to read the, bath, he had to read the Bible standing on the edge of the bathtub. I mean, that's, that is a real spirit. I mean, think about it. I mean, you can be on social media, and, and you keep your eyes open because they're burning. You can watch videos. You know what I'm saying? You can do all of this type of stuff, and then, and then, and then, the easiest way to go to sleep is to start reading the Bible. You don't need no laxative and all them stupid pills and, and all them things that soothe your spirit and your mind and you got waterfalls playing in your room and, and, and special music. No, just open up the Word. There it is. Thank you, Jesus. And my theory behind that is one of two things. Because how many of you get frustrated, okay, but how many of you know you need sleep? The Bible says he will make... <laughs> You, your sleep sweet. So for me, I don't feel bad. I'm like, well, it was two birds I had to kill. So I tried one and I ended up with the other. So, so if you can't sleep, read the Bible because you need to read the Bible. But then if you needed to go to sleep, you needed to go to sleep. So there it is. Don't feel condemned. Man, I have all type of arrangements with God. I'm just letting y'all know. Whatever. <laughs> They can be frustrated. How many of you read, the, how many of you read Psalm chapter 1 about 30 times? In an hour. Blessed is the man. <laughs> and when you wake up 15 minutes later, you swear it was only 20 seconds. Blessed is the man. <laughs> Blessed is the man that walketh. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I am a heathen. Got unanswered. Man. I'm quite sure the angels are like, look at this right here. This is hilarious. Man, this is crazy. You know, you fall, some people fall asleep in church, and this is what they do. They, mm-hmm, yeah. You didn't hear a word that I said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> we all been there. I'm telling you. And that stuff is real. You just got to fight. The Bible says keep fighting the good fight of faith. Just keep on fighting. You're going to get frustrated. See, but see, what's cool, though, is, is that our Heavenly Father doesn't get mad at us over that. Just keep fighting, okay? Just, God is more impressed with the fact that you got frustrated and you just keep fighting. 
versus that you got your two hours in. You understand what I'm saying? If you, don't, if, if, if you didn't want to be bothered with the word, you wouldn't get frustrated. So, see, God looks at the heart of the thing, not the, you know, religion looks at the mechanics of it. They, they look at how it was done. I'm looking at the fruit. All right, let's, where am I at? What verse am I in, y'all? Y'all don't even know, because you fell asleep. Verse 20, and the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept. A lot of people hear, but they don't accept. It's the entrance of the word that gives light, not the hearing. See, the fellow on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce the harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. Four people heard the same word. Only one out of the four got it. And the one out of the four ended up with three types of manifestations. But everybody heard the same thing. Everybody had the same coach. Some become a star, some they get kicked off the team. Everybody had the same instructor. One got an A, other one got an F. It was the same information. It's all dependent on your mentality and your heart and what you allow. Again, you're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. Now, let me say something. This is very important today because there are some things uh, that are going to be quickly coming. Uh, I don't I want to be careful about quickly, but there are some things coming that... Um, medical science will not have an answer for. Um, right now, the world is kind of rejoicing in the fact that they think that they have created this, you know, uh, vaccine, thank you, for uh, the uh, virus. But uh, the problem is, is that uh, um, you don't know what's in that. Here we go, let's go back to television. Did you take such and such, such, such drug? You might be able to win some money unless you're dead. When it comes to pharmaceutical medication, just to help you understand, okay, number one, and don't get too far with this, okay? There are some things you can take for a mild temporary result, but you gotta follow peace with stuff, okay? Pharmaceutical came from the word pharmakia, which is the word witchcraft, the mixing of emotions and potions. I just say it. It's not motions and potions. I just say crazy stuff. Why are you, like, why are you say motions? That's just me. I'm always coming up with words and phrases. You know, or lotions and potions. How about that one? That better. <laughs> Mixing all of this stuff together because <clears throat> you've rejected the truth. And God has had mercy in that arena. But, how, but what happens is you have to go through clinical trials for months, sometimes years. And what they do is, if it comes to hype, did you know that if they want to test a medication on a cancer patient, well, let me just put it this way. When they are approving pharmaceutical medication, they don't test it on sick people. They test it on healthy people. Because the goal is to not really, really see if the medication works. The goal is to really see if the medication will kill you. That's the absolute truth. Because they understand the placebo effect. They understand that if we tell you it is going to help you, faith will kick in. And you'll get a measured result based on what you believe, not based on the medication. It's the law of faith. People keep thinking faith is positive or negative. Not. It's a law. You could be Lucifer's brother and it'll work for you. You understand what I'm saying? Again, all of the people that received from Jesus, none of them were saved. None of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. They didn't have a Bible. 
They didn't have the name of Jesus. And the majority of people that receive healing from Jesus did not know he was the son of God. They just knew that he was a 30-year-old single man who showed up out of nowhere and seemed to have the ability to get people healed. Because that's how the law of faith is. Okay? So you have to be careful with that. Where was I going with that? Oh, so, <clears throat> so, that's the, so just to help you understand, this is why you follow peace. Okay? So they test the medication on healthy people because the reason why they have to send it through clinical trials is the government requires them to do that to make sure that this stuff doesn't kill people. That's why when they give you pharmaceutical medication, they do a liver or kidney enzyme test because pharmaceutical medication damages your kidney and liver. So they do a test and they do a blood test and they say, okay, you're fine, you're still in the range, but if you go too far, you gotta get off this medication. So you have to be careful. One of the things that you need to do if you're on pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical medication is make sure that you stay hydrated. Drink plenty of water so you can water that stuff down. Water that stuff down. Y'all got me, okay? The point that I'm making with that is, is that they created this and we don't know where it's going. We don't know what's going to happen because normally they have clinical trials. This thing they created overnight and you don't know what they put in it. I know one of the things that they put in it that I won't share publicly because it would gross you out. You would be horrified. Be mortified. Some people would get condemned if you knew one of the ingredients that was in it. Just the one alone would make you want to blow up their building. So I'm not going to say that because they could be listening because they might be sick. Okay, so, so the point that I'm making is, as you know, you know, Lisa prophesied that, others prophesied that this virus was coming. But then it also was prophesied that when it came, the moment they started to get on top of it, that another one would come. Um, now, unfortunately, the next one to come, it says there will be no pharmaceutical answer for it. Okay? I'm not nervous. I don't care if 10 viruses show up. Worst thing happening to me is I die. And that's not going to happen. I could have got it. I don't know. I don't care. I mean, I'm just, I, that's just me. That's how I roll. I ain't going there investigating how are the signs, what are the signs that you have it? Does it come and ring the doorbell at 2 o'clock in the morning? And y'all be looking up stuff too much. Stop looking stuff up. Because when you look stuff up, whether it's a lie or truth, you'll start believing it just because you see it. And no man doubts what he sees. You got to be careful what you're looking at. Okay? So, so and there's and it's no medical formulas that can keep up with the devil, folk. See, let me tell you something. Let me tell you one of the things that the devil does. In order to keep you in bondage, man, I didn't plan on sharing none of this. In order to keep, this is how, this is how, um, um, people on the dark side are able to walk in a measure of power without Jesus because it's deception. Satan has to keep you in bondage. So what they do is, so, so this is how exorcists can get rid of a demon. I'll just use the people in the front row. So let's say that my wife has an unclean spirit, okay? And I don't know Jesus. And so you come to me, okay? And she comes to me and I'm able to get rid of this thing. And because I'm able to get rid of it, why do I need Jesus? That's the game. Satan tells his lieutenant, now when that exorcist tells you to leave, leave. To give them an impression that it works without Jesus. And then six months we'll sneak back in. And it's a cycle. The stuff that's not the truth keeps you in it. It just keeps you, you understand what I'm saying? It just keeps you in it. Keep them in it, but, but let's let a little few things happen to give the impression that they actually got power. That's what I hate when them Jesus folk come, because when they come, oh, God, it's about to be permanent. You remember the seven sons of Sceva? Yes, yes. 
Remember what happened to them? You know, and remember what Jesus said to them? You know, when they rebuked him about casting out demons, he said, what about your exorcists? They cast them out. <laughs> Never mind. See, it's so much stuff in the Bible. I'm getting lost. So let's get back on the river because I don't even know where I am right now. The point, oh, that's where I am. There is stuff coming. There is no medical formula for and the men that have prophesied these things, including Sadu, even Devon brought it up. He said, there's another one coming. And they all said, this one is worse. They said, it's going to kill much more. And it'll baffle the scientists because it just won't work. That's supposed to be easy for you. I told you there would come a time when they'll start asking them crazy Holy Ghost folk. Um, can we interview y'all? Yeah, you sure can. And our stuff is free. On, how do you know? The only clinical trial was Jesus being in the grave for three days. Y'all understand what I'm saying? See, that's just, how I many you know the Bible says the whole, it didn't even say the people. It says that the trees are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. They're not waiting for the preaching of the sons of God and the talking, because there's a lot of that. They're waiting for the manifestation. Because they're listening. And because I'm telling you, there's certain ministries they're watching. They're like, how is it that these people sit up and somebody gets up in their service and say, this is what's going to happen in six months and then it happens? They pay attention to this stuff. How do y'all know the future? Because we got the Holy Ghost. The main reason for the Holy Ghost is not make you irk and jerk. It says the holy role of the Holy Ghost is to show you the future. <sighs> Never mind. My future is bright. So there's some stuff coming. So I'm giving you some things so that your faith will not be shaken during that period of time. I do that when the Holy Ghost is like, Ugh. the main reason for these viruses is because of innocent blood. I was reading through the Old Testament again, and I didn't realize how many negative things happened because of innocent blood being shed. You kill 50 million people just in the United States alone, and you think nothing is going to happen because you don't know anything about the invisible realm. The invisible realm works on blood. That's why in darkness they always want, you know, I was reading about kings in the Old Testament, and there were kings who they would make sacrifices. They were willing to sacrifice their own children on the altar after they were born just so they could walk in power because the dark side needs power just to be able to try to handle a little bit of us. And so that's the reason why Jesus' blood gives you ultimate power, because in the spirit realm, things are based on blood. You understand what I'm saying? And so Jesus' blood gives us ultimate power. And so in order for Satan to try to keep up just with a little of that, maybe have a small effect on the ignorant ones and the arrogant ones and the prideful ones, okay, we got to keep this bloodshed going. And we need a large amount of blood to be shed in order to match just 0.01% of Jesus. Large amount. So we got, and so, and the most powerful blood is that of an innocent baby that hasn't even come into the womb yet. The most powerful blood after Jesus is the blood of a child that hasn't been born. So they got to keep that going. And then we got to raise up. You know what? Some of the most wonderful and beautiful people can be just straight evil. They look innocent, but they straight evil. No longer look at the exterior of a man. No longer look at the exterior of a woman. It's the spirit and the spirit is straight evil. But they got a nice face and a pretty suit, and they even have a soft voice, and, but, but they straight evil. And we got to use these ones that belong to our camp, and we got to bring up 
organizations like Planned Parenthood that this just, I mean, it's, you know, it's a business now. And it's not just the blood. You also got to sell the body parts. And so I've been looking forward to this war for a long time. So like Jesus said, he said in the last days, he said, let the wheat and the weeds grow up together. Let them both walk in their perspective top levels of power. Let them war against each other and we'll watch like a movie. How I many you know? We're going to put on a show that Jesus is going to be like, Ooh, this is the best movie I ever seen. This, this right here. Jesus said, I gave you all power. I went to heaven and sat down until my enemies be made my footstool. Handle my lightweight. Remember that. No matter, I don't care how many demons show up, they're always lightweight. When I cast them out, I always tell them, you do realize you're going to need more men. That one going to tell me, we're watching your house. And am I supposed to move now? <laughs> they don't. Never mind. Luke 13, 16. Dear woman, a daughter of Abraham. This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released? Okay. So there are things that are coming, and these are five books. You can put these graphics up. I'm not saying that there are other, other books that are not good, but these I found, except for one, I found to be the best. You need understanding. You need understanding. When you have understanding, you will no longer need, I don't want to say that. That would have been incorrect. So you can take a picture of this. Um, these are the five books that are excellent. Some you might have to order through Amazon. Keys to Divine Health by David Oyedipo. The Healing Balm by David Oyedipo. There might be one that Mama Faith has too we might need to put up. Um, my favorite is The Hidden Man by E.W. Kenyon. Uh, most of you are familiar with him. Uh, that is the book that changed my life. I got on my wife's nerve during that period of time because I kept running around the house of Salarana. There's something that I'm missing. You ever been missing something and don't even know what you're missing? I said, I don't know what it is, but I know I'm missing something. I'm just, I'm going to church, and we switched over to Baptist to the Word of Faith type circles, and I said, but something is missing. And then I was at the barber, and he said, you know what? I don't most, most of the time, I don't give people this book because they can't handle it. He said, but I really believe the Lord is telling me to give it to you, and it was The Hidden Man by E.W. Kenyon. You know how there was a technology boom in the 1900s? like the steel industry and the electric and the car and all of those things just kind of came at the same time. There was also a revelation boom around that time. And the strong today, the strongest books that have been written are based on the men that wrote those books in the 1900s. And they always had stuff, F.F. Bosworth. They always had abbreviations. E.W. Kenyon. Some of y'all heard of E.W. Bounds. Y'all like, no, we haven't heard of him. Them dudes were beasts. What they taught in the 1900s, the body of Christ still has not caught up with that. Still has not. And that book changed my life. And he, he, he just, and, and it is the only guy that I read besides Oedipo. He, he's way on a different level, Oedipo, in that area. It's like, it's like reading his book is like reading poetry and the word and science at the same time. And he does an excellent job of showing you who you are versus what we're looking at. And I learned a lot of things from him, and it just changed my entire life. And so the reason why I'm so different is because of his teachings. 
It opened up the door. It's a paradigm shift. And you got to read that book, The Hidden Man. It'll help you understand because these, I'll never forget a passage that I read in his book. He said, when I came to these revelations that I'm teaching, he said, I walked in my church and before I walked in, I looked down the hill and said, Satan, from now on, you will be my slave. Amen. I mean, it, it's, it comes from the place of, you think sickness is a mountain, but it's smaller than a speck of dust. I mean, it, it changes your mindset, lets you know who you are. And it's nothing like understanding because understanding is what opens your eyes. And that's the Holy Spirit's job is to turn scriptures into pictures because no man doubts what he sees. That's why God uses dreams so much. Because you understand, I mean, I, ooh, man, I am, never mind. Yesterday, I, and let me just share this. I thought I might end up sharing this. It's so important for you to um, sometimes get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and pray and then lay back down an hour before you need to get up. Because when you do that, you, you pray, you reorganize your day in the spirit, and when you lay down, the Lord will then give you a dream concerning your day. And so, so yesterday was a very busy day for me, and I had all of these things that I was supposed to do. This is a very interesting dream. And so I had all of these things that I was supposed to do. And so I did like, I don't know, a couple hours of prayer in the morning, and then I drifted off to sleep. And when I drifted off to sleep, I had a dream, and there was a the Lord telling me, if you do everything you do today, you're going to be extremely frustrated by the end of the day. And what he did was he used people and in the dream, each person frustrated me, frustrated me, frustrated me, frustrated me, frustrated me. The, in the dream, though, each person represented the scenario or the circumstance that I would be in in that day. Are y'all following me? Okay. So Terry might represent me uh, going on Silver Comet Trail and riding 15 miles. You know, in the dream, Francia might represent me going to the grocery store. You know, uh, in the dream, Marquita might represent, you know, me going to get a pedicure and a manicure that I ain't got no business doing. Okay. Uh, each person, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I plan on, I mean, I had that. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so each person in the dream represented the thing that I was going to do that day. And, and, and I didn't know that until the Holy Spirit told me that because each person was just frustrating me, frustrating me, frustrating me, frustrating me to the point when I woke up from the dream, man, are you talking about feeling bad? Ooh, and it was like I lived that thing for real and I felt so bad. But then the Holy, sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you the interpretation. He'll just tell you. Um, he told me, he said, he said, each person represents all of those things that you were going to do today. I need you to relax today and be careful and just go throughout your day being smooth. So I canceled a bunch of stuff that I was going to do. And it wasn't until I got to the end of the day that I realized that if I had done them things, I would have destroyed myself that day. I would have been frustrated. I would have been destroyed. So, it's, it's, so with that lesson, I encourage you sometimes to get up a little bit early if you can um, and, and pray and then lay back down and see what type of dream the Lord give you. Because sometimes that dream is the Lord charting your course for today. He's telling you what to do or he's telling you what to avoid. You plan on doing one, two, three, he'll tell you to do, nope, do eight, seven, and nine. That doesn't make any sense. Do it your way then. We crack, we crack ourselves up telling God it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. Okay. 
So those are five books. I never read Christ the Healer by F.F. F. Bosworth, but I heard it's wonderful. It might be a little bit slightly difficult, more difficult of a read. But that you want to ingrain yourself in this so that you understand. So that you understand what I'm saying. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to sit up here and find out something. and uh, 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 You're supposed to laugh. Okay, you're speaking in tongues all over the hospital, knocking stuff down and everything. And, and they, uh, Oedipo's first baby. Um, like what does it mean when the baby is coming out backwards? Breached. Okay. And uh, so they called him and said, look, this baby is not coming out. The baby is not coming out. The baby is breached. And your wife could lose your life. He said, cannot happen. He said he walked to the hospital, didn't even visit the wife. He said he was too busy. He said he walked in the room, said, baby, turn, and then walked out the room and went back to work. Faith is more about what you believe, not you praying in tongues, trying to conjure up all this dust. We can't even see what to do now. We didn't conjure it up and stir up so many gifts. We didn't forgot what we were praying about. You know what I'm saying? And that's unbelief. And people lose it when you tell them your praying in tongues is unbelief. Because the body of Christ right now has no understanding how to manifest anything. And when they don't know what to do, what do they do? They just start praying. People come to me all the time, I need you to pray. For what? I ask them, what do you need to pray about? And more often than not, it's not a prayer issue. You just needed wisdom. You just needed to speak. Sometimes you just needed to ignore. Other times, just wait. It'll eventually stop raining. You know what I'm saying? Y'all did in the rain, speaking in tongues, trying to make the rain go in the opposite direction. And when the dust settles, we're more sick than we were before. That's, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude, but I got to change your way of thinking because there's a manifestation of in the, in the, in the, right now, like I keep on saying, the body of Christ as a whole has become satisfied with pretending. Oh, we're going to lay hands on you and you're going to fall down on your butt, but you're sure enough going to get up still sick and your butt is going to be sore. I'm just letting you know what I was watching. Let me tell you something. I'm not against the power of God knocking you down. I just had a problem with the fact the power of God was strong enough to knock you down, but it wasn't strong enough to knock the sickness out. That sounds like something fake to me. That sounds like pretend to me. That sounds like showmanship to me. Any of y'all see Jesus laying hands on people and they falling out and they got three ushers, I mean, three disciples catching them? Anything? But that's the type of stuff you got to do when you don't have power, but you're trying to impress the people like you do. So we go over to the showmanship and come on down here and we end up on and grease you up with enough oil on your head in order to get a new hairdo. And I mean, just, I mean, just all the type of stuff and speaking in tongues all loud and, and you can get excited. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. We do all of that. But the end result is I need to see fruit. I didn't come to the altar for you to grease up my head. Looking like I've been in the sun too long, just shining. And I'll leave up out of here sick. And that's where the body of Christ is right now. Let's just go to church and pretend. Because it's wonderful to pretend. I remember when I was a kid and I sat around the campfire out in the woods and my uncle would tell us stories about stuff we knew. We knew it wasn't true, but it still sounded good. So let's go to church and get that same experience. Next graphic. 
If you are sick physically, it is because you are deficient spiritually. No other reason. If you are physically sick, it is because your spirit is sick. Heal the spirit and the body will fall in line. The same way is if we snatch your spirit out of your body, it goes down. Why? The spirit is what held the body up. It is the spirit man that keeps your body up. Your spirit leaves right now in that chair, your body slumps over. Why? It's the spirit that holds the physical in check. So if you got a physical problem, it's actually a spiritual issue. Nothing else. Be careful not to be moved away from the simplicity that's in Christ. So here's the scriptural proof. Third John one, two, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prosperous. Proverbs 18, 14, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. But what you going to do if your spirit is wounded? The physical is following the spirit. So what happens when the spirit is messed up? Why do you think people that live for Christ, they're, 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 some of them 80, but they still look like they're in their 40s? Because it's so much life on the inside of them, it slowed down the curse. You look at the Kenneth Copeland, we don't even know how old they are. But now, Go downtown. 20 year olds looking like they're 150. Darkness. First, Second Corinthians 7 1. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body and spirit. If your spirit is defiled, the body falls in line. Did y'all know that the Hebrew word for body is slave? And that the spirit means master. Oh, man. You can always tell when I step over here, I'm getting ready to say something crazy. The spirit is the master. The body is the slave. When Adam messed up, how many know his spirit died? So when Adam messed up, the master died and the slave took over. And the slave got used to living free. So then Jesus shows up and resurrects the master from the dead. And the master shows up and tells the slave, I'm back. And the slave says, I don't care if you are back. I'm going to fight against you. That's why the scripture says the flesh wars against the spirit. Why? It got a taste of freedom. Y'all understand what I'm saying? How oh, you know? <laughs> Y'all see these movies? That guy go out of jail? And what'd he say? I ain't going back. <laughs> He'll have a shootout with the police. Bop, bop, bop. Turn the gun sideways. Bop, bop. Because I ain't going back. That's why the Bible says your body, it Adam never made a decision based on his physical body. That's why they didn't know they were naked. Think about that. You don't know you're naked? Yeah. He didn't know he was naked until he died. And then the slave took over. 
and start bringing revelations that he was never, the, the slave started having experiences he was never supposed to have. And he loved it. He got to wilding out, and then Satan taught the slave how to start coming up with drugs and alcohol and, and profanity and, and all of that stuff. And so guess what? How many know how you start is what you're used to? So the slave started in sin, so he think that's normal. I'm teaching on a deeper level. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? Okay. The, the master started in righteousness, so he's used to that. The slave started in sin, so he thought that was his normal world. And so that's his normal world, and then him to come to the master talking about, uh, your world is wrong. No, it ain't. And this is the world I'm used to. This is the world I'm accustomed to. This is the world I'm going to hold on to. And this is all I know. And here you come talking about, I got to change? Right. See what I'm saying? So that's why the Bible says, you're going to have to renew your mind. What? Guess what renew means? You're going to have to make it new again. So that's the born again experience. Jesus comes and raises the master up from the dead. And now you're going to have to keep. That's why you think Paul said, I keep my body under by constantly beating it. Because you always be the slave. Oh, Jesus, I got to go raw to help y'all understand. You always got to be the slave, especially if they want to be free. He said, I'm constantly beating my body, constantly. And guess what? The slave thinks sickness is normal. It loves sickness. Matter of fact, the Bible says that the body loves death. Anything that has to do with death, your body wants to go in that direction. It's ultimate perversion. The slave is trying to kill the master. So when you see the word body, every time you see the body, Jesus, it means slave. And every time you see the word spirit, it means master. So when it comes to healing, do y'all remember the one guy that told Jesus to come to his house? <laughs> and then on his way, the man said, ah, you don't have to come. He said, just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Stufo. He was talking about his literal slave. But the Bible is giving you prophetic revelation in regards to your physical body. Speak the word only and your slave. Y'all got me? So the Satan fills your head to speak everything except for the word. So, so the man said, you ain't got to come. Just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. But, it, you know, scripture is, is, scripture is more prophetic than anything. It always has more than one meaning. So speak the word only. The word only. Not your feelings. Not what's in your mind. Not what you think. Not what your religious grandmama who has tea with Jesus every morning told you. Speak the word only, and your body will be healed. Don't be researching stuff. Don't get on the computer. Don't pull up a magazine. Don't be looking up how many herbs you should have today. That's always unbelief looking for another answer because it doesn't believe the first one. How many times you see Jesus heal anybody and tell them, Make sure you go to a vegetarian diet. And I'm not making a mockery of that. There are people that are vegetarians for certain reasons. 
you know, I'm trying to move in that direction a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's, you don't know what they're putting in these cows nowadays. Children coming out the womb 15 pounds. Because you were feeding the McDonald's all the time when you were pregnant. Eating all them hormones. Oh, y'all ready for this? That's going to make certain people shoot arrows at me. Some of y'all are not going to know what I'm talking about. Some of you who came from the background I did, you ready for your death? Claiming the promises of God is not faith. Faith already has it. If you got to go to Best Buy to claim something, it's because you don't have it. Well, my pastor, I don't care about your pastor. Claiming the promises of, not, of God is not faith. Faith already has it. Claiming something means you do not have it yet. Claiming the promises is unbelief trying to act like faith. Faith says, I have what I do not see, but I know that it is mine and I possess it without seeing it now. Now faith is the substance of what you believe have now is the evidence, not you seeing it. Oh, y'all ready for the next one? In the mind of your heavenly father, disease and sin are one and the same. They are both spiritual infirmities. Sin manifests in my character, disease manifests in my body. I mean, I don't make no idle quotes or threats without giving you scripture. Let's look and we'll see what Jesus said about it. Luke 5, 18. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, because you can see it. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? He's in that prophetic mode. Why? Now look at this. Which one is easier to say? <laughs> your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? He said they both one and the same. You know what? I just realized the Holy Ghost told me that we need to do this from now on. Everybody, all of the ministers, everybody just listen to evangelists. He said from now on, every time you lead somebody to Christ, what do you say? Your sins are not forgiven. After they give your life to Christ, you should then make the demand and thank me that also the sickness has disappeared and gone. Because with God, it sees both of them the same. I would take Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you. Forgive me of my sins. Heal me of my sickness and disease. Why? I can't be sick. I'm a different man now. That dude died. That ain't religious. That's, that's reality. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? If you knew, how are you supposed to be sick? And you knew. I mean, how is it that the muffler on your car is rusty and making a bunch of noise, you show up with a new car, and the muffler is still rusty and making a bunch of noise. That don't make any sense. Did y'all sneak the old muffler onto the new one? It's new, which means if it's new, nothing from the old. Are y'all following me this morning? 
and we didn't come up with all of these extra theories and special m magical diets and, and, and lotions and potions. And, and yes, you use the anointing oil. People merging three and four oils together. You don't know what you're about to do. You see me sit up here and put that on somebody's head and they might have some hair grease and the thing turn into a bomb. Just use the regular oil. Just, it's just always simple. We just got to keep moving and come up with something else. He said, which is easier? Your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk. I'll prove to you the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. First time he told him your sins are forgiven. Because when his sins are forgiven, his body was healed. So this time he told him his body was healed because his sins were forgiven. Look at J and so this is the reason why James chapter 5 tells us to do it this way. James chapter 5 verse 14. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Why? With forgiveness of sin is forgiveness of sickness. And with forgiveness of sickness is forgiveness of sin. They're both the same infirmity. They just show up two different ways. Scripture, not your reverend's opinion. If it be your will, Lord, that's the dumbest prayer you can ever pray. The Bible says you must know. You can't exercise faith if you don't know if it's his, if his will. If Jesus tells you to jump off the bridge, you can't do it in faith unless you know it's the will of God to jump off the bridge and he's going to catch you. But if you don't know if his will well, Lord, <laughs> next graphic. I'm just being exact because it's very simple. And you, let me tell you something. You have to read Hidden Man, Oedipo, Kenneth Hagin's healing study course. Excellent stuff for building your faith because of this statement. Next graphic. Healing miracles are not accidental occurrences. They are deliberate acts of God in response to the deliberate faith of men. You don't just haphazardly get healed. You did it on purpose. And it's always over your faith, period. You don't wait on God. You're not waiting on him because he's busy. And, and you got to stand in line for this. And, 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 and um, even when it comes to sin, Jesus healed people first. Then he told them to stop sinning. So that's not even a requirement. There are rare times when it is, especially for a Christian. Do you know that the people that get healed the quickest are street folk? Christians are always the slowest to get healed. And the longer you will be a Christian, the slower it is. Because you got to get all of this doubt and unbelief out of your head. All of the stuff that the reverends and your grandmother and your friends and all of this type of stuff that's been put into you, that it creates a big minefield of confusion. But you show people on the street, see that scripture? Yes says your sins are forgiven, and he'll heal you of your disease. Now, you believe that? Yes. Lift your hands. Boom. They walk away healed. Because they didn't have a preacher to put some other stuff in their head. Healing miracles are the deliberate acts of God in response to the deliberate faith of men. Matthew 9, 22, Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. Not your waiting. Your faith. Matthew 15, 28, dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Go back to verse, 
Go back to Matthew 9.22, the previous one. Is it up? Bring out something. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well, and the woman was healed at that moment because of her faith. Faith does not wait. It takes. 15, Matthew 15, 28. Dear woman, Jesus said, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Why? Because of her faith, not because of waiting. You cannot be sick and be in faith at the same time. You might think you're in faith. You might feel you're in faith. But as long as you are still sick, you are not in faith. And that seems to be the hardest pill for people to swallow. Because they just want to believe that their confession has been working. I didn't say none of that has been working. I'm not saying you're not headed to a journey. What I am saying is the moment you are actually in raw faith, it is scientifically, spiritually, and against the law for you to not receive your manifestation when it comes to healing instantly at that moment. The biggest million-dollar question is, how do I get to that moment? That's all it is. Well, how do I get to that moment? Mark 10, 52, Jesus said, go, for your faith has healed you instantly. <laughs> the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Luke 17, 19, Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Nothing else, not my power. Jesus never brought up his power. He always brought up your power. Acts 3.16. See, see how this kind of hones you in now? I think I'm starting to see where to go. Acts 3.16. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before, but faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Mark 9.23. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. He didn't bring him nothing about his power. He brought up your power. How many know power can always be increased or it can be diminished? You know, how many know the Bible says that you must please God with your faith? And, you know, this might not be the greatest example, but how many know? You know, you can go to the dealership, guy guy out there sitting out there with a used car for $5,000. Okay. Do you have money? Yes. But how do you know? He's not going to be pleased if you offer him $3,000. Y'all follow me? Why? He has the item that you want. This is how much it costs. And it's not until the money is at the desired amount that pleases him that he will give you the item. And what money is to the physical world, that's what faith is to the spiritual realm. That's why that one guy, he came to Jesus, he didn't have quite enough money. He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. He said, okay, I'll give you the rest. I'll discount this thing a little bit for you. Some people are like, huh? Read it again. You just, you'll just get it later. Okay. Mark eleven twenty three. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen. Some people say they believe. Yeah, but you must really believe. Because you just think you believe. And we know that you don't really believe. And once we can see that you really believe, that mountain will get up right in front of your face. I tell you, and then what, listen to what he said, have no doubt. It's very simple. Believe 
and have no doubt. And when you have no doubt, you will stop praying. When you have no doubt, you'll stop thinking about it and worrying about it. Because no man worries about something that he thinks is already done. Again, you got to convince your mind of something that already exists. And your mind is not wired that way. The slave is always thinking about waiting on what's coming. But the master knew, no, I serve a heavenly father that's instant at all times. What did he say? Moses said, what do you want, who do you want me to say? Send me. Tell him I am. I am what? I am whatever you need me to be. So faith does not wait. It takes. He said, I can pray. You can, in verse 24, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. People have a problem with that scripture. It is nothing like a good sermon by a guy who tries to teach you that that's not what that means. It'll sound wonderful. It's just stupid. Just because you can't see how God said you can do anything doesn't mean you can't do anything. After all, Jesus did get upset at Peter because he couldn't walk on the water the first time. Y'all follow me? All right, let's do these last two. Oh, Jesus. Matthew 15, 21. Jesus left Galilee, went north toward the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed with a demon that torments her severely. It's the only time in the scripture that Jesus told somebody no, and it didn't work out well for Jesus. Verse 23, Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Everyone say rude. But that's how focused Jesus was with not paying attention to stuff that wasn't his assignment. His father, his father told him, you are called to the Jews. So if you were a Gentile, you're going to have to really get my attention because you're taking me away from my focus. That's how you get stuff, focus. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, Jesus. She's bothering us with all her begging. Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, Jews, the people of Israel. But she came and worshiped him. She's only doing this because of what she believes. Pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it's not right. If Jesus tell you it's not right, it's not right. It's not right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Jesus said, dear woman, your faith is great. If it, if, it, if it can be great, it can be good. If it can be good, it can be just acceptable. If it can be acceptable, it can be weak. Or it can be non-existent. He said, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. I have instantly. I have such a problem with that scripture. You know what that's in there? It's only in there for one reason. It's for Jesus wants you to understand. Now this, I want you to help. See, y'all think Jesus, this, this dude on TV, that ain't the Jesus that we're talking about. I'm talking about the Jesus in the Bible. Jesus put that in there and he said, okay, put this in here. Y'all, do y'all, this is how Jesus is talking. Do y'all see how this woman broke me down? I'm talking for the Lord. Do y'all see how this woman broke, this, broke me down? Now I told this woman three times. Remember what Jesus said? I only do and say what my father tells me. 
So not only did she break Jesus down, she broke the Holy Ghost down and she brought the one who is called the Ancient of Days down. I don't care nothing about y'all deepness and about who you call to and the Jews go first and they in the front of the line and the Gentiles in the back of the line and all the lost sheep and all of that deep revelation that you coming up with and all of this stuff about me being a dog and now you telling me that I ain't even a human being. All that is wonderful. But that's the type of stuff that runs through your mind when you exercise a faith or something. All of this stuff just keep coming to you to tell you no, no, no. And Jesus put that in there because he said, if I told her no and she got it, who are you and I told you yes? And that's the law. Religious people don't like that. The law of faith will push God off his throne. The law of faith will not allow God to tell you no. It's a law. And if you get into it, it, what did he say? All things are possible. Do y'all see how many times in scripture God had to change his mind because people would not accept <laughs> his mandate over their life? Hezekiah, put your house in order, you're about to die. Hezekiah, this is Hezekiah quoting the word. How are you going to do that to me and I'm living right? God said, you're right, I'm sorry. I made a mistake, go ahead. There's a lot of that in the Bible. Matthew 13, 15. Here's a raw answer for you right here. Now, Jesus is talking about negative people, but you got to, it's called the law of opposite. If the scripture says something positive, flip it, and it means that with the negative. For this people's heart is waxed gross. He's talking about the heart. And their ears are dull of hearing. Talking about the ears. And their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time, Jesus, I just saw that myself, at any time, they should see with their eyes correctly, hear with their ears correctly, should understand what they're looking at with their heart, and then be converted to a different frequency that the healing rides on. Then I'll heal you. those are the three things that produce faith what you're looking at what you're listening to and the entrance of your word is what gives light not just reading it religiously because you're trying to get your holy ghost poem in before you go to work did he listen what he said this lets you know again god is waiting on you anytime i want you to think about that it does not matter what you got in here right now the only time that anyone is waiting on is for you to believe. And there's a raw way for you to believe. Let's read it again. He said at any time they should see with their eyes. Why? No man doubts what he sees. And hear with their eyes. If you see it and hear it, it becomes impossible for you to disbelieve it. And understand. Okay. Understanding is what opens your eyes and gives you the ability to believe. When someone is talking to you and you don't know what they're saying, you're trying to follow them. You understand? No, no, no. And, and as soon as you understand, what do you say? Oh, I see what you're saying. See? So you got to spend enough time in the word constantly for hours so that you can see what Jesus is saying. And then when you see what he's saying, then you'll understand. And when you understand, your faith is automatic. 
And when your faith is automatic, you hit the time. And when you hit the time, the light switch kicks on. And then the angel gives you the... Don't be moved away from the simplicity. The only time that you, you will ever have to wait on a miracle is the time it takes for you to get in the word and change your eyesight, your ear sight, and your heart sight, and your mind sight. All four of them are ways to see. So one of the main reasons people don't receive what they are taught is because they glance at the word instead of soaking in it. Joshua 1.8. Oh, I'll leave it up. I'm sorry. I didn't want to take a picture of it. They glance. Oh, by his stripes I'm healed. In the name of Jesus, by his stripes I'm healed. You got to soak. And this, this, you got to let this get in your skin. You know what I'm saying? You got to let this. You got to let this. You got to smell like this. You understand what I'm saying? You got to eat this. You got to consume it. You done lost track of time you looking at this so long. You understand what I'm saying? I know I'm a little demonstrative and everything. I'm trying to help you understand what it looks like versus you. Blessed are the peacemakers for that. You don't need to be reading about no peacemakers. You need to be reading about healing. Yes, yes. Let the peacemakers worry about themselves. Yes. <laughs> Joshua 1.8. Study this book, not read it. Study it. How often? Continually. Meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in how much you do. There are no scriptures written for your failure. Not one. Even the ones that tell you to change the lifestyles for the purpose of you getting prosperity. Increase. John 8, 31. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word this way, then you are my disciples. And you'll come to the place where you will know the truth. And when you know it, it'll force you to be free. I don't like it when it says set you free. That means I just open up a cage and let you walk out. Make somebody free as Rambo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? By the time Rambo has made you free, it's some dead folk. It's some blood. How I many know half the countryside has been blown up? Many atomic bombs have gone off. There's lots of shell casings from all of his master bullets that, y'all know what I'm saying? He didn't done a lot of screaming. He didn't cut some folk necks off and all that type of stuff because he was making somebody free. Because whatever God makes you free is violent. The moment you hit that connection, that power is right now, right next to you, waiting. It follows you. Waiting. Waiting. And the moment you hit it, that's why most people that, that get healed that way, they say it feels like lightning struck them. Or others feel like this warm feeling. They release it. It's instant. You don't have to wait any longer. Last scripture. I'm trying to help you the mindset behind this. See, I'll just read it first. Romans 4, 17. And then we're going to just pray for a couple of people. I want a little bit longer. It says, that is what the scripture means when God told him. Now, now we told you what needs to happen, right? Your eyes need to be open. Your ears need to be unlocked. And your heart needs to open up. And then when those three are working in one accord, then you'll start to see what God is saying. And when you start seeing what he's saying, you just think you can see it because you're looking at it. But, but it's, it said, how many have been reading the word? It seemed like a page jumped, uh, a word jumped up. Yeah. So that's what needs to happen for your healing. You need to actually see what you're reading. And when you see what you're reading, no man doubts what he sees. And then, and then when you, because you don't doubt, boom, at that moment you got it. 
and you just lift your hands. Father, I thank you. I got it. And you're like, but I got it now. No, you don't. Are you still sick? Yes. Then it means you don't got it. It's very simple. And people don't like that, but it's the truth. As long as you're still sick, you don't got it. So keep on getting in it until you get it. How long do I got to do it? Until you get it. Quit being lazy. People work all day long for something else that has no value. And when it comes to the word, oh, I think I'll just read it for five minutes. Well, I don't got it. It must not be the Lord's will. Man, you ain't playing. You don't go to the gym that way. You go to the gym, work out for 10 minutes, and back home looking in the mirror. Put your arms down. Verse 17, let's get up out of here. This is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. That's what, see, you got to believe that, okay? God has the ability to bring new things out of nothing, and he can bring back anything from the dead. Y'all remember when um, God told Abraham you're going to have a baby even though you're 100 years of age? This is the passage that showed you how he got in faith for that to happen. Because God will tell you something, but if you don't get in faith, it still won't happen even though he told you. So this passage explains how he did it. Verse 18, even when there was no reason for hope, because he was 100, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Abraham's faith did not weaken. If you don't stay in the word, it'll get weak. How many of you know that if you go to the gym and you're consistent, you'll just get stronger and stronger? How many know the moment you stop working out, you'll start weakening? Then you show back up at the gym in six months trying to pick up where you left off and almost kill yourself. My wife and I were walking on the Silver Comet Trail the other day, and this guy came past us riding all crazy with his knees about to hit his chin because the bicycle was wrong. And I was talking, he, and so, so we happened to walk past him, and I said, hey, man, do you mind if I just show you something? And I told him, I said, you're riding the bike wrong. You're not going to lift the seat. He said, oh, thank you. He said, I'm about to hit us. I'm about to die. <laughs> you know what he said? He said, I was working out, and I was doing well. He said, I was getting stronger and stronger. I went from five miles to be able to do 20. And he said, then COVID hit. And I stopped working out. This is exactly what he said. He said, and then I jumped out here like pre-COVID. And he said, yeah, yeah, I, I got some work to do. Why? His strength weakened because he didn't continue in the word. I'm, I'm merging stuff. Y'all know what I'm saying? Abraham's faith in verse 19 did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was good as dead. And so was Sarah's room. It's a deep thing. When you think something is dead, and God is like, no, it's not. Then verse 20, not only did his faith not weaken, it says Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. He wouldn't believe in it today, not believe in it tomorrow. I'm going to do it this way today, do it right there tomorrow. He didn't waver. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. So when your faith gets stronger, you start pleasing God. And the Bible says you can't please God without faith. And then verse 21, you keep doing this process, it says that he was what convinced? Fully. You must be fully convinced. Where if Satan showed up in manifestation, you would slap him. That's when you got it. You actually get angry when you believe it. 
I mean, you, 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 I mean, you'll be sitting on the couch and you'll stand up. I've been tricked. I'm telling you, that's how it happens. And if Satan showed up and manifested and told you, you know, you, I mean, you would just, shwah. How many know I'm looking forward to that slap? I think, you know, like the three stooges, I thank the Lord when we start before we get to heaven, we all get a chance to just slap the devil. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at that. That would be a wonderful thing. <laughs> if that actually happened, the men would have to stand by. You, ain't, you know, the women would just get it in. I mean, they... I'll tell you the, the most the most insane thing I saw I can't remember what part of Africa where if you're caught as a rapist if you're caught they they strip you down naked tie you up and let the women beat you uh, you ain't you just you, they out there screaming like a ah! Ah! women wailing on him they're gonna get it in they got it in for generations past they they went all the way back to pre Lucifer days on that I was just, I had to turn this off. I felt sorry for the dude, even though he was the one that committed the crime. Verse 21, he was fully, full. The only way something gets full, you got to keep pouring. Is it full yet? No. Keep pouring in. Is it full yet? No. Keep pouring in. Well, how do we know it's full? When my eyes open. And I'm, I'm telling you, you, you've never experienced it for some of you. And you, your mind will snap. And you'll kick something over. I mean, you'll stand up. You'll, you'll drop the Bible. You'll stare off in the distance like, what? You mean to tell me this is what the enemy was blinding me with? And, then, and it's scary because at that moment you realize that you can look at a scripture and see nothing. You can read it but not understand it. You can confess it and not comprehend it. And you can sing it and not walk in it. So he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, not God's promise, because of his faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit, too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. That's a scripture you should be reading over and over and over again and letting that get in you. The Lord put that in there and said, hey, y'all, I'm just showing you how your daddy did it, Abraham. Just follow his lead and you'll get the same manifestation. Y'all got me? So don't be moved away from the simplicity is in Christ. Now, next weekend, I don't know what I'm preaching Wednesday yet, but next weekend, we're going to go a little cut deeper to actually help you. It's going to put the seal on it. That might actually be the last one. That one is even crazier than the day. That one is just like, are you serious? Yes. These things are wonderful. So as I close this, remember, it's simple. Get all of this other stuff that people put in your head. Go with the word. And let me tell you something, you all. When you do it the world way, guess what you're going to be facing? Death. And you can't do it unless you're not afraid of death. The enemy still uses that on me every day about my kids in these cars. Every day. I got to deal with that almost every day when my kids leave driving in the car. Every, almost every day. Sometimes the, the older kids will take the younger ones to school and end a meal. Every day. 
I got to deal with that every day. Now, I can either control them and, and, and well, she might have said put a limo. You know, and I'm driving them at it, burning myself out, or I can trust God. Trust God. I anointed the cars with oil. Okay, uh, I'm, a, I'm a faithful man and, and, and just trust God. And then you have to stare death in the faith. I started to say something crude, but you know what I'm saying. Sometimes you wish you could cuss the devil out. You know what I'm saying? It would just be nice. <laughs> you got to stare death in the faith. Say, intimidate me all you want to, fool. Because the worst case scenario is the child goes to heaven. Now, maybe we might miss them and all that type of stuff. But the truth be told is the child can go to heaven and they will not come back. We, God can give them the whole universe and they laugh at Jesus' face. Say, you don't give me the universe? I'm supposed to leave this for the universe? No, you can keep that. I'll see them in five years. And I'll just watch them. Okay? So, you got to get rid of that. The, 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 because remember, what, the, what did the Bible say? It says the moment you start trying to do it the word way, Satan is going to bring persecution into your mind. And he usually does it in the arena of you're going to die. It'll be a financial death. It'll be a relationship death. You're going to lose. You're going to lose because he wants you to believe. He wants you to have that false vision because he wants to be like God. I want you to meditate on my promises. I want you to meditate on my will for your life. I want you to meditate. On, and it becomes a battle of the mind. And you can only win that battle by saturating yourself in the word. We sh you should be known as somebody that has spent hours in the word that day. Two, three, four, five even. Was it Lynn Hammond? She was declared. But what was she declared first? Oh, Lynn Hammond. She had mental issues. And it, it just, I don't know why it took that long for her. I don't know. Things that have to do with the mind can be very, very serious. But she had mental issues. And so she spent 12 hours a day in the word. 12. 12. Now, you're willing to work that now along on a job that you can't stand. And you get in the word, and after an hour, something tells you it's taking too long. I know I'm over. I don't care. I'm trying to help. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not only trying to save your life. I'm trying to heal your life, and I'm trying to make you look at the next virus like, oh, you can come on in. I served dinner for you, fool. I've been waiting on you. Amen. That's how I talk to sickness in the deep. Hey, some of the stuff I say is crazy, though. It is really crazy. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, 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 what I'm saying, though, what was I saying? I'm sorry. Huh? Yeah, she got it. Oh, thank you. Lynn Hammond. And she, 12 hours a day. 12 hours a day. But guess what happened after her doing that for a while? Yeah, I didn't want to share that part with her. Because if you give people a number, they'll try to imitate the number. That's the only reason why. So she just did it until her mind came back to normal. Now she's a beast in the spirit. Beast. Full of the world. See, you keep thinking that in order to be a better doctor or a lawyer or a mechanic or a sergeant, you keep thinking that you just need to read my books. No. The word affects your ability. It is the word that created everything. So spending time in the word makes you more intelligent with everything. And that's the greatest trick is get more education about books written from sinful men, but don't spend in the word. That's a waste of time. And yet George Washington Carver, y'all want to 
Get a book called The Man Who Talked With The Flowers. That's what the Lord said most of the history books in planet Earth are wrong. George Washington Carver, all he did was he went into the woods and spent time in prayer holding the flower and then go back in the back into a laboratory to say God's little workshop. And he would simply do what the Lord showed him. And they still today can't figure out how that man created all that stuff with the peanut. You want to know why? He was low level because you can create anything from a peanut. That's the level that God wants his children to think at. We impressed with a man who saved the South over a peanut and all of those inventions. But if he had he kept on going, he, created a, he could have created a car from the peanut. Because within one thing is everything. Y'all got me? Come. I feel good. I shouldn't be quoting James Brown, but I feel good anyway. Just. Okay, so again, I would suggest that you get those books. E.W. and Kenyon and the Kenneth Hagelin and the O.U., they just, they just, and they, they all hit the subject, but at, from different, you want to become a beast in this area. Okay, you, okay, you can't, I'll say this last statement, it is impossible for you to be full of life that comes from the word and die. You can't. You can't. That's why Jesus said, he said, y'all are not killing me, I'm giving my life up. Okay, so, so we're going to, again, going to practice this. It won't take long. You know, let's all get and stand. I have you in the cove. I, uh, so, I told them that we're going to start doing this, and I won't take this long all the time with the whole service. Regardless of what topic we are preaching on, the people who want to start walking in this, this direction, we're going to keep on laying hands on you and partner with you. Lay hands on you in the service. Monday and Tuesday, you get in the Word. When you come back, we're going to lay hands on you again. Thursday, Friday, whatever, depending on the locations, you get in the Word. Because typically when you do something, you can last with a good attitude for about a day or two. And then after that, you know, the enemy starts working. But how many know it becomes difficult when, with, with Moses to get weak when he had two men holding his hands up? Okay. I know many of us, they come from like the more of the charismatic circles. They get over into this thing where you only come to the altar one time and, and different things. But Jesus laid his hands on a man and it didn't work 100%. That's a strange scripture to me. And he didn't say it had anything to do with the man. He says, Jesus laid hand on the man and then asked the man, what do you see? He said, well, it looked like I see men, but they look like trees walking. And then Jesus hit him again. <laughs> He said, what you see now? He said, I got it. Took off shouting. Ah! Okay. That's just my rendition of the story, by the way. But so, you know, I would rather us keep doing it and head in that direction because we now know that it's all simply about building your faith. You just got to stay in the word, confess the word, put it in your ears and lock yourself in it. It is, I mean, I was listening to one testimony lady said, she said it took me four days. She said, all I did was stay in the word. And she said, I watched positive programming that made me laugh. And she said, I was healed in like three, four days. It's amazing. Let me tell you something. I was talking to a man this morning, and he let me know how many pounds he had lost. And we let me know in the few amount of days he had did it, I was, I was like, man, that's amazing. Why? Because he focused on it. Most people, we do it as a side thing. I'm going to spend all day working all day talking, all day perusing, all day researching, all day everything. And then I'm going to get it in right before I go to bed. 
It doesn't work that way. You got you to gotta, you gotta look at the Word of God like a bathtub that you just sit in and soak. You just sit in there and just read. And while you're reading it, you're going to enter into the greatest warfare of your life. You're going to feel like a failure. There'll be times you're reading the Word and all of a sudden it'll feel like the walls are closing in. You'll be confessing the Word and you'll hear a voice in your head that say you're going to be dead in five minutes. And you just got to keep on doing it until I die. It's a war. It's a war because they don't want you to get it one time. Because if you get it one time, now you know how to do it all the time. That's the only reason why we're so fearless when it comes to sickness and disease. Because we learn how to do it and when we did it the first time, we're like, oh, this is how it works. Bam, so you have no fear. They don't want you to get it at one time so that you can then now save yourself and your spouse and your children and folk on the street. No, we don't need you doing that. Okay? Every healing makes a demon lose his reward. And that's all they have is rewards. It's a mimicking of the heavenly reward system. So if you want someone to lay hands on you, just come right down to the altar. I have my wife and Nicole just lay hands on you. Thank you, oh Father God. Just step out. Some of you might be called to this particular arena in the future. Got a lot of people that are called to healing. And I don't know why the pastors won't use them. They're just using themselves up. They just use the people. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and give God thanks and praise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that if we would pray the prayer of faith and anoint you with all, it says that the Lord would raise you up. He would restore you and he will heal you. So again, remember, you're thanking God for what you already have. And we made the point of contact, the anointing oil and hands that we laid upon you. Thank you, O Father God. Hallelujah. We give you thanks. I'm going to say a general prayer. These things can be done quickly because Jesus did it very quickly and it was very simple. He didn't have to create an atmosphere because the atmosphere that had to be created was based on the personal faith of the individual. They either believe or they don't. Thank you, Lord God. So your responsibility at the altar is to thank God and say, Father, your word is true. And the moment hands are laid upon me with the anointing oil, I thank you that my days in sickness of disease stop at that moment. I thank you that I am healed. I am set free. The burden and yoke of sickness and disease is lifted. If you are watching us online right now, all you have to do is lift your hands, touch the television screen, or touch the phone, or the iPad, or the computer. That's your point of contact. Grace is always given in an area where you can't do a thing. God is not crazy. Father, we give you thanks and praise. This is for a particular individual that's watching me online. In the book of Acts, hands were laid upon people and they received the Holy Ghost. And then there were other individuals that said the Holy Ghost fell on them. So here, he will come upon them. But where you are, it'll come upon you. God is not bound by time nor distance. So Father, in Jesus' name, I now pray the prayer of faith over them. In Jesus' mighty name, we declare according to your word that the moment hands are laid upon them with an anointing oil, sickness and disease stops, it disappears. Whatever is working now no longer works. Thank you for restoration. We give you glory and honor and praise for it now. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Nicole and Lorana, y'all can go ahead and begin to just lay hands on people. And just constantly... Just give God thanks and see yourself whole, see yourself rejoicing, no longer dealing with that issue, issue. see yourself running, see yourself at peace. Thank you, O Lord. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, O Father. 
my God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sickness and disease right now in the name of Jesus. Leave everybody. Father, we thank you for stretching forth your hand to heal, moving through the hands of your two daughters, O oh Lord God. Thank you for the manifestation of your word and the lives of your people. The same way that Jesus told that woman, go and behold. I thank you, Father God, that as they leave healed today, that whatever they lost in relationships, whatever they lost with finances, whatever they lost with business or deals, you will bring restoration unto them quickly and immediately, O oh Father God. For you are not only the restorer of health, you are the restorer of wealth. You are the restorer of opportunities. So in the name of Jesus, you said if two of us would agree in regards to anything we would ask, it would be done by our Father. So we give you thanks, O oh Lord God. Glory and honor be unto your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to your holy name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise be unto the Lord God. Jesus. 